This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Are you searching for a new job? That can be stressful, scary, and time-consuming. Pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want, and the job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole, never to be seen again. And sometimes you go all the way through the interview process just to find out at the very end that the salary, offer, or company culture doesn't match what you're looking for. Hired is the world's most intelligent talent matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities in engineering development, design, product management, data science, sales, and marketing. We make your job search faster, focused, and stress-free. Instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best, Hired puts you in control of when and how you connect with compelling new opportunities. After completing one simple application, top employers apply to hire you. And on Hired, you receive personal interview requests and upfront salary information so you can make informed decisions about what opportunities to pursue over a condensed timeline. Hired offers access to more than 4,000 innovative employers, including big brand names like Facebook and smaller emerging startups. The size and type of company you want to connect with is totally up to you. And we help you find new opportunities in 17 major cities in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. Open to relocation? Let them know. Your privacy and autonomy in your job search is of utmost importance. And if you go check them out at the show's link, that's hire.com slash JavaScript Jabber, you can get double the hiring bonus that they offer. That's $600 instead of $300. So go check them out at hire.com slash JavaScript Jabber today. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another live from Microsoft Build JavaScript Jabber show. This week on our panel, we have AJ O'Neill. Yo, 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 coming at you live from Microsoft Build. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, and this week we have two special guests. We have Mike Amerlin. Did I say that right? Yeah, Amerlon. That's, right. that's right. And Vesa Juvenin. Concentrating. Good, good. Juvenin. Pretty close. Yeah. Do you want to introduce yourselves really quickly? Just talk about who you are, kind of what your history is, what you're working on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm Mike Amerlin. I work on the Office Ecosystem Marketing Team. So. Uh, I work on SharePoint and OneDrive and a couple other products, but before that, I used to be a program manager on a number of products like SharePoint, uh, Bing Maps, doing the various APIs and developer extensibility points. So yeah, I've got kind of a long history at Microsoft, like 16 years and a number of different products. Gotcha. And my name is Sasa Yuvon, and I'm a senior program manager in the SharePoint Splat team, which essentially is responsible of SharePoint Framework, uh, which is the new modern web stack-based development framework for SharePoint. I've been in Microsoft for roughly 11 years, probably been in a field consultant, all of that. I run the community stuff, development documentation, all up to SharePoint, development guidance. So that's on my, my responsibility. Gotcha. So when you talk about the SharePoint framework, you're talking about ways of writing extensions to SharePoint? Correct. Absolutely. With JavaScript in particular? Yes. Yeah. So SharePoint framework is all about, uh, we're kind of a... We have, SharePoint has, has been kind of a, this different beast. In the, in the past, you were writing server-side farm solutions, and not that many people actually know what it actually even means. Uh -huh. uh, and it has been done a kind of a unique way of extending SharePoint. And now we're kind of a modernizing the customization story on SharePoint, making it aligned with the industry standards. You're doing web stack development, human templates, JavaScript uh, development, and then you customize SharePoint UI by providing client-side web parts. And in this week in build, we announced a few additional endpoints as well. So it's not just about web parts, also elements in the UI, in the SharePoint, and all of them. And I mean, there's in SharePoint, there's always been a long history of like people putting JavaScript into it through like content editor web parts and script editor web parts and even you know front page and SharePoint designer. But yep. SharePoint framework is really this sort of consolidation to make it a lot more easy to bring in frameworks to you know code it with you know full engineering tools, uh, get them into SharePoint. Yep. Okay, so backing up just a second, 
What is SharePoint? <laughs> I was going to say, some of our <laughs> listeners are probably not as familiar with the Microsoft ecosystem. So, yeah. Yeah, so SharePoint is basically our, our web server, you know, technology, and, and now in Office 365, where, you know, what it provides are file sharing services, and it also provides team sites, uh, communication sites, you know, internet portals for companies. So, uh, if you're, you know, at a company and you want to have a way to communicate out to your, you know, your teams, uh, you'll set up SharePoint. It's part of Office 365. You build out web pages. You use these things called web parts, which are just blocks that you can put onto the page to customize. Widgets, widgets, widgets is a good you know, example, is a great, yeah. is a great analogy. Yeah. Um, you know, so that you can, you know, get the right tools to the right people uh, through through websites. Okay, so let me let me try to break this down in the dumb way. I think I'm understanding it. So you take Facebook plus Google Drive. And you break it down into widgets that you can copy and paste a snippet into a page and say this thing goes here and that thing goes there to build the interface with the components that you want on that particular page scoped to a group that you want. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So that's really been the kind of a power of SharePoint in the past as well. It's, it's essentially it's a composite uh, set of composite uh, building blocks. So you can actually take whatever web parts you design the UI, uh, choose which web part are visible, what data is being shown, and then you essentially invite your uh, audience to that page. Yeah. And you can modify that anyway, anytime you want. And we're still based, uh, the modern SharePoint is still based on the same thinking, but the implementation is now being modernized finally to the right level. So is SharePoint something that is on-prem as well as in Azure, or is it like Azure only? Uh, so it's got it's all on, of them. Yeah, it's got on-premises <laughs> products. You know, SharePoint Server 2013, 2016 is the latest version uh, that people can deploy on-premises. Uh, but yeah, as part of Office 365, we also have SharePoint offered as part of that. It integrates with things like Azure Active Directory, um, but it's its own hosted offering as part of Office 365. Okay. It has the kind of on-premises background. So it used to be a server-side product in on-premises. Mm -hmm. You install that on a window, uh, Windows server. Then you can absolutely host those Windows servers in Azure, but it's an IIS installation. And then SharePoint Online is in the Office 365 as a service. So you don't need to worry about that backend thingy is what people used to worry about. So. Right, gotcha. So I'm, I'm trying to envision then, you know, what kinds of things are people building with the SharePoint framework, you know, I mean, AJ mentioned widgets and things like that. So are these custom de designed widgets or do they add other capabilities, say integrations to SharePoint, all of the above? There's other stuff I didn't even mention. I'm, I'm just wondering, you know. It's basically all of, uh, above because SharePoint is an intranet platform or collaboration site platform. So then it comes really down on the business requirements. Whatever you want to have within your global front page of your global internet. So quite often these global customers, they they use group policies to set the welcome page of the browser mm -hmm. to point to their internet, which is an understandable scenario in larger deployments. And then it's up to the corporate communications to define what do we actually want to communicate to our uh, end users or our right. employees. Or then when we collaborate, when we have projects, uh, you want to have a, some sort of space to share stuff, uh, which is getting synced on your mobile devices as well. Uh -huh. uh, news on that project and all of that, how do you do that? And then you standardize those, uh, you provision those sites. That's yeah. how it basically works. So, so we see people you know, bring in things like dashboards to report on, for example, the, you know, the issues that are assigned to their team or maybe across the company. Um, there's a number of web parts for that. Sometimes people build like miniature applications, so just tracking like who's going to be off for the next three weeks. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can store the data inside of a SharePoint list. You can then render it out. 
Um, or store them in Azure as well. Or in Azure as well, you can connect yeah. to a web service. Um, right. You know, SharePoint also has a ton of documents in there, so people store their, you know, repositories of you know, documents that they have on their teams, and so a lot of times people will build like reporting solutions on top of that and roll that up and, and put it inside of a web part so that people get a, a concise summary. So when I, I, for some reason, the term web dev is coming to mind. What is, is web dev related to this and what is it? Web dev in the sense that developers building web, you know, applications and those kinds of things? I don't know. I don't know what web dev is. You're like I've SharePoint web dev. <laughs> so, so web dev, you know, was a protocol for accessing files, you know, and SharePoint implemented web dev. And so historically you could, for example, use web dev under the covers to access it. You know, if you're in a Windows environment, like a file share, you know, there's a lot of things that use web dev. And I think we still fully support web dev, but there's, you know, of course, other APIs and protocols mm -hmm. for getting stuff into and out of SharePoint. But web dev was one of the, one of the, is one of the ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So so one of the things that I'm seeing, I mean, you mentioned, or we talked a little bit about integrations, for example. And in a lot of cases, a lot of the apps that I've built, I want some of the integration to happen on the browser and some of it to happen on the server. Yes. So if I'm doing something like that, do I have to write essentially two plugins, one that works on the front end and one that works on the back end to so manage data or how does that how does that happen? How you would build that with the SharePoint framework or actually using the classic uh, models as well is that you you concentrate operation on a UI on a you implement that using JavaScript. You can use React, Angular, Mustache, uh -huh. it doesn't really matter what you're using, uh, which is absolutely fine. Then that client-side implementation would call a web API uh, uh -huh. or a web service hosted in Azure or somewhere else. If it's in Azure, you can actually use authentication and authorization mm -hmm. through that pipeline. If it's in somewhere else, then we need to come up with a clever ways of securing that communication. But then that web API can call back on the SharePoint and do operations, elevation of privileges or uh -huh. whatever, these kind of operations. You call, you have a JavaScript, it calls web API, then it's up to the web API what it's actually doing. Using the Azure technologies, it could call back on on-premises to mm -hmm. get data from LOB systems and present that in the cloud. Or there's endless possibilities. Hopefully, that answers your question. I think so. Let me see if I can restate it in a way that, <laughs> or that makes sense to me anyway. Yeah. So essentially, what you're saying is, is that if I need that backend component, you know, it needs to talk to something in a secure way, and I don't want to store like API keys or credentials or tokens in the browser then I'd have to create my own backend somewhere. I could put it on Azure, I could put it somewhere else, but then I, as the extension developer, am responsible for managing and securing that Correct. data and managing and securing the calls then to the third-party system, be it an LOB or line of business yep. app or something completely different. Correct, correct. Yeah. That's basically the model. And we're kind of, a, if we think about this from a, let's say, SharePoint developer perspective, this is, the, the SharePoint developers used to write managed code, just mm -hmm. managed code on the server, uh, because that was the way how we extended SharePoint. And those people, a lot of them are absolutely fine of writing stuff in the Azure as a web API mm -hmm. or in the back end of Azure. Um, then we need actually those, um, uh, this may be a bad term, but new age developers, in quotes, uh, right. who are actually the web stack developers. They understand how to use JavaScript uh, frameworks properly. We need them on the UI layer. Uh, mm -hmm. so. We kind of need multiple, let's say, skill sets. Uh, you can have all of those skill sets by yourself. That's fine. You can divide those within your projects. That's fine as well. Typically, there are slightly different uh, developers. Might be. I don't know. Mm -hmm. The other question that I'm wondering about. So do, you mentioned SitePoint on mobile. Now, do you just yes. access that through a mobile browser? 
or do you have like SitePoint app that you can run? And if so, how do the extensions work there? So the, the modern SharePoint and the, the modern SharePoint and SharePoint Online, we do have a native uh, mobile app as well. Mm -hmm. And our extensibility story, the really key point of this modern extensibility is that those customizations, essentially those widgets, which we call web parts, right. uh, work also through that mobile native mobile application uh, through iPhone or iPad or mm -hmm. Android and, and so on. And in the old implementation, that wasn't possible. In the new implementation, that works. You can also use any device to access the web uh, browser or to use web browser right. to get in, and the experience is fully responsive, like it should be. It's mm -hmm. 2017. So. Right. So how would I go about, let's say that I build, actually, let me ask a different question first. So uh, I have an Angular show as well. And you know, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, we have a lot of listeners that use Angular, a lot of listeners that use React. You said you can build those in, you're, you can use those as part of your extension. I guess my question is, are there components or other libraries that make this easy to do with Angular or React where I just essentially import an ES6, run my build tool, and then, oh, hey, I don't actually have to build some of these common elements myself. Yep. Good. Excellent question. So we give you German templates which will scaffold the basic structure for you. And those are pretty simple obviously as a starting point. We in Microsoft we use React uh, mm -hmm. due to numerous reasons, right. uh, widely in Office 365. And we are we have an open source initiative which is Office UI Fabric React uh, components. Uh -huh which is a set of controls and components which you can use uh, uh, within your implementation, essentially providing you the same UI elements as we have in the SharePoint Online or in Office 365. And, and we're using it in our own platform. And we're using that in our right. own platform. That's really one of the key points of SharePoint Framework. We are building our own UIs using the same framework. So you as a third-party developer get access on exactly the same stack, mm -hmm. rather than us keeping something on, on, on our side. Now, React is our chosen model. That doesn't mean that you need to write stuff in React. You can use whatever library you right. want. Angular is fine, especially Angular 1.x. Now, 1.x is pretty old. Mm -hmm. um, the challenge with the newer Angular uh, versions is mainly that they're designed for a single page application and, a single, and, and in a way that it's a one Angular application per page. Now, with SharePoint, mostly. quite often, mostly, let's put it this way, <laughs> that's the main design thinking, let's put it this way. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot there's a to way, that. Yeah. There's a ways to go around that, um, and you can actually do that in, in SharePoint as well. But with SharePoint, you typically have, let's say, five to six of those web parts or widgets, mm -hmm. whatever we kind of call them, on a one page. Right. So you have that isolation, you need to have, think through how do you implement that. And Angular does work, uh, but you need to think through how do you do that isolation in our site. But so, we're working... In, yeah. yeah. Well, I, there are certain things that I don't know how you would do if you have more than one application on a page. Yes, in, For example, drag and drop. Yep. Because you have to listen on document.body yes. in order to do drag and yes. drop. Exactly okay. those limitations which we have. Now, we are working together with Google on trying to solve this. We're having a, let's say, constant discussions. Yeah, um, kind of a trying to figure out, and they will take uh, our feedback in for the following versions. And obviously, we are, we are having that yeah. internal, well, it's not an internal discussion when we have meetings with Google, but anyway, yeah. mm -hmm. which is pretty weird when you think of it. It's Microsoft having discussions with Google, how do we do stuff together, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it's not that 
crazy. I mean, I've talked no, to plenty of people. it's not crazy anymore. No. Right. When I've I started to... in Microsoft, that was like, what? So. Yeah, I've, I've made friends with people who work on TypeScript. Yeah. And also people who work on Angular. And yes, those absolutely. folks talk all the time. And it's absolutely. it's really not that strange anymore. Yes. To, you know, it's like, yes. oh, hey, look, we, yeah. we're building synergy. It makes the, the web better. And it's absolutely. a good thing. Absolutely. So, so one of the things that I'm concerned about then is it sounds like... There's not really a whole lot of sandboxing or namespacing or things like that. You know, AJ pointed out, you know, drag and drop, you have to sure. listen on document.body. So if I pull in, you know, an older version of React than what you're using in SitePoint, or if I bring something in and my, my widget has a bug in it that affects the way the entire page operates, yes. can somebody cause some real problems there? And, and is there a way to protect yourself from that as you build these out? So uh, I would say that there's no kind of a, right now in the framework, we obviously don't have a native isolations of this implementation, but that's uh -huh. pretty much impossible when I think of it. It's, it's a one right. page where we have multiple JavaScript components. Uh, we're looking into improving that. Uh, we have a lot of guidance available which will help to implement these things in the right way, that they're isolated. React works pretty well on that one. Uh, on the on the approach of the isolation, mm -hmm. um, but it is a classic challenge, no doubt. And we are absolutely aware of the challenge and how do we isolate those things which are running on the on a right. page. And we do have additional tools through add-in models and those kinds of things to yes. actually bring certain components. Like if you've got your application implemented in a web page, you can implement it in with what we call add-ins as a web part on the page. Uh -huh. That's essentially iframing it in, but we do more to give you like an authentication right. token so you can call APIs. And um, then it's so fully isolated. Then it's fully isolated in that yeah. case. Uh -huh. um, so that there is that tool in our quiver, if you will, sure. or toolbox. But yeah. Yeah, I guess the thing that I really envision as possibly a problem that seems the most likely scenario is not that, okay, there's somebody malicious on the page so much as I'm pulling something in and I, you know, I name it the same as somebody else. Yeah. Or I pull, some, you know, I create something on the page and for whatever reason it collides with code from another yep. you know, part of the page. Yeah. And, well, now if you go back on the, let's say, fundamentals of SharePoint, it's, it's not like a random end user who got a project site. Right. It's kind of just track and drop JavaScript on it. That's right. not how it actually yeah, exactly. works. It's an enterprise product, and to be able to get those client-side web parts in, you actually need to go through a small approval, mm -hmm. relatively simple process, but essentially making sure that things are okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So you have that centralized control. Uh, you're able to disable all of the web parts across the whole installation. Uh, there might be hundreds of thousands of instances of your web part running mm -hmm. in one tenant. Right. You're able to disable them with a one switch as well. So. We have kind of a centralized control. Uh, it's slightly different than just track and drop in uh, JavaScript on a page, right. which we do not allow actually anymore in SharePoint. We used to do that, but that has then mm -hmm. other implications and yeah. challenges. Right. right. So one other thing that I'm wondering about is let's say that I decide, you know what, this sounds really great. Um, I, I'm an independent developer, but I want to go ahead and build some widgets for SharePoint. You know, maybe I talk to somebody, and I have talked to somebody, and had them basically say, you know, if I wanted to make real money, I'd go build widgets for SitePoint. Yep. Because, I mean, these companies rely on it. It's kind of a central place for a lot of information. Yep. And they'll pay a fair, a fair bit of money because it solves a real problem for them that can yep. potentially save them thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. Yep. So 
let's say that I'm, I'm like seeing dollar signs and I'm like, I want to go do this. Um, is there a way for me to get started on this without dropping a whole bunch of money on like a site point installation? And yes. Yeah. So, I mean, so one of the things we have is something called the SharePoint store. So that's actually, you know, through that add-in model mm -hmm. that I mentioned earlier, you can basically build, you know, things through websites, through web pages. You can also have it hosted inside of SharePoint to sort of bundle in all the various scripts. And then you can offer that through the store. You can, you know, basically charge money for it. And so then that's made available and made more discoverable to everyone across SharePoint to go, you know, find those add-ins, go install them, and then go use them inside of their sites. Right. And, and so, pay license fees on yeah, the add-ins, all of that. So that's right. So there's a, there's a full store for that. Using those add-ins, you have the full power of everything you can build. It gets framed in or hosted on SharePoint. That's one option. And then, yeah, of course, a lot of our customers are, you know, big companies. They're working to deploy applications. And so... There's you know a lot of folks who work towards that basically just building out SharePoint sites, building out applications, integrations. That's another mm -hmm. you know way to go as well. But the, the second dimension on your question was around okay, I'm an independent developer. What do I need to invest to get actually something on a SharePoint? So do I yes. need to pay something or or anything? And the answer is no. So you can yeah. actually yeah. say. Uh, SharePoint, uh, as a developer, you can go to the devtops.com where you can request a free developer tenant. Uh, you will uh -huh. get a kind of a completely fully functional E3 licensed tenant, which doesn't probably mean a thing for many of us, but it's it's almost like a real tenant. Yeah. Um, it has 25 accounts essentially on it, so you can play around with the higher permissions, lower permissions. Right. Uh, you can do, uh, test, do testing on that one. And then it's just a matter of, of getting your customization deployed to the tenant. So tenant side covered. For the tooling itself, the human templates, everything else available in NPM, just pull them down, Visual Studio Code, what, or whatever is your preference as a developer tooling, mm -hmm. absolutely works as well. If you want to do Visual Studio uh, IDE development, technically that works as well. All of those has a free, free version available for the community. Right. So you can get all of the tools, all of the access, access to the platform uh, for free and then develop your widget, put it in a store, and hopefully make a lot of money out of it. Yeah. One other thing I'm just going to break in real quick and kind of uh, address, I think I said SitePoint a few times instead of SharePoint. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, it's a long, it's a long week. No worries. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so let's say I get SharePoint set up. I've got some accounts set up. I'm, I'm getting ready to start fiddling with this. So do I just go npm install the Yeoman templates and, and download your JavaScript and kind of... Exactly that. Yeah, it's, it's on, it's on dev.office.com slash SharePoint. Um, but yeah, it's exactly that. You just go install the Yeoman templates. You know, you install you know, tools for Gulp and you can get started. We actually have debug tools that run locally. So, you know, you don't even have to have that developer tendency, mm -hmm. even though it's free. You don't sure. even have to have that. You can get started in about 10, 20 minutes sure. uh, building stuff. Is there any kind of automated testing that you can set up on this, or you can, or let's put it this way: we do have a unit testing on the on the JavaScript level, right. um, so you can do some level. It's not well. This is pretty early. We went GA with SharePoint Framework in two months ago. Yeah. On the following releases, which are coming pretty soon, we're adding new capabilities uh, all the time. And one of the things where we're investing also is the better unit testing capabilities as well. But that's unit testing in JavaScript. Can I do automated testing in UIs? That's getting slightly more complex because mm -hmm. you need to sign in the Office 365. Yep. Theoretically possible, people do that in a larger scale, though. It's not a one uh, developer approach, though. Gotcha. Do people ever build their own private SharePoint plugins that only they use? Like they don't put them into the store, they don't Absolutely, open yeah, it up? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, 
One of the big, uh, the, the reason why SharePoint is a multi-billion dollar business uh, is the fact that it's enterprises are using them. Mm -hmm. and, and quite often enterprises do not want their random employees to pull down stuff from the store. Uh, because that might uh, theoretically even break something, even though that's, well, technically no, Especially but it, either, yeah. it causes inconsistency right. across the sites. Um, and that's what the enterprises do not like at all, or mid-size and larger enterprises. Um, and that means that uh, the customizations have to get deployed without the store. And you can absolutely do that. Uh, so you, as long as you have a tenant, you have an alternative way of getting your customization deployed and to be available for your end users mm -hmm. within the tenant. So all of that is kind of taken care of. SharePoint is kind of a, it has its, the background is really on the enterprise development yeah. and on the enterprise usage. And that's why the enterprise thinking is pretty far on the controls and compliance yes. and all of that. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to be an enterprise developer. Uh, yeah. You can do store stuff. Uh, we're looking into for, right now that the store is only for SharePoint add-ins, uh, mm -hmm. which is a slightly old, older development model. Um, Fully supported, we'll keep on evolving that as well. But SharePoint Framework, uh, when you create that widget, uh, it, technically it works slightly differently. So the store for SharePoint Framework widgets, it's not yet there. It's coming as well. Uh -huh. We're looking into enabling that scenario within the store side as well. Yep. And getting those customizations nicely deployed across all of the tenants. Yeah. But I would definitely say that most of the customizations people are building with the add-ins or with SharePoint Framework, it's you know for the company, you know, it's maybe specific to their custom systems. Mm -hmm. So that's probably where the, a lot of the development happens, really. True. Right. Yeah. Obviously, there is a big opportunity when I think of it in the SharePoint store and Office store as well. We did pro to 100 million SharePoint on, uh, or Office 365. Office 365. Office 365 subscriptions. Mm -hmm. uh, 100 well, it's, million. It's, it's commercial big. monthly users. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. Monthly active users. Yeah. Yes. This episode is sponsored by Rollbar. One of the frustrating things about being a developer is dealing with errors. Relying on users to report errors, digging through log files to try debugging issues, or a million alerts flooding your inbox ruining your day. With Rollbar's full stack error monitoring, you get the context, insights, and control you need to find and fix bugs faster. It's easy to install and you can start tracking production errors and deployments in eight minutes or less. We have a special offer for JavaScript Jabber listeners. Go to rollbar.com slash jsjabber and sign up to get the bootstrap plan free for 90 days. That's 300,000 errors tracked for free. Loved by developers at awesome companies like Heroku, Twilio, Kayak, Instacart, Zendesk, Twitch, and more. Give Rollbar a try today. Go to rollbar.com slash jsjabber. What is the relationship between Office 365 and SharePoint? Is it, because it seems like Office 365 was something that was more consumer-ish, and SharePoint's been more enterprise-y, and they're coming together in a single product, or? Well, I would say Office 365 is used, uh, you know, a lot in enterprises. Mm -hmm. It really is sort of enterprise, well, sure. uh, you know, and, and. But it's it's not, Office 365 is something that someone down at the lower level is going to be interacting with. Oh, sure, it. sure, sure, yeah. It's like, it's, you know, the, the secretary and the developer and, like, it's not just business tools. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you know, it, it brings your word, your Excel, your outlook, all those kinds of tools to get your job done. And, and SharePoint is, you know, it, it brings the file storage along with that. So when you want to save your documents up, it's the place where you'll, st you'll store them. Um, when you sort of start your day and you say, what's the team working on? You'll go visit a SharePoint webpage to see, okay, you know, here's maybe some tasks or here's some recently updated documents I should go take a look at. So it, it provides that kind of backbone across Office 365 for file storage for websites, those kinds of things. 
And so what's the relationship between OneDrive and Office 365 and OneDrive and SharePoint? Great, great question. Uh, OneDrive, OneDrive is kind of, is basically provides the file storage for an individual. So for a place to go stash my files up in a place, maybe share them out with folks, but just make them available so that they're in the cloud so I can always get them across devices. It's kind of for your personal storage of files, you know, and for putting those in the cloud. SharePoint is the place where you have documents that are, you know, made available to a team. So if you've got your specifications that you're working on for your next project, you want people to review that, you can start in OneDrive, you can have the document there, you can then, you know, maybe share it out through SharePoint and move it into SharePoint so it's available to everyone. Under the covers, it's, a, it's basically the same technology. We have the same APIs, you know, so you can access it in the same way through Microsoft Graph. So, you know, we're really kind of the shared team. So uh, we're developing a lot of shared technologies like that. But OneDrive is more the personal, SharePoint's more the team focused. I'm coming back on the relationship on the bigger Office 365. When yeah. I think of it, if you, if you sign in within your browser to your Office 365 tenant, you will get an app voucher on the top left corner. If you click that, you will see all of the different services available within your Office 365. There's uh, Mail, there's uh, Planner, Word, there's Excel, Word, Microsoft Excel, Teams. Microsoft Teams is one of them, and one of them is SharePoint. So mm -hmm. uh, SharePoint has some long history in on-premises. It's one of those things which didn't actually born in cloud. It actually was born way right. before, back in 2001, in on-premises, or even before that with a different name. Um, but then it was superbly and unexpectedly successful in on-premises, and obviously people wanted to start uh, reducing the operational cost and maintenance costs in on-premises. We wanted to put it in the cloud. So that's how SharePoint eventually got it to the cloud as well. And for maybe for some people, the share, even the SharePoint name sounds like legacy. It sounds old. It's been around. It's something yeah. what I did, my mom and dad used to do or whatever. Uh, well, 2001, come sure, on. Sure, sure. So yeah, it's right. possible. It's possible. That's true. Mm -hmm. So, but I think, that, uh, so obviously the term itself, the SharePoint has a lot of, let's say, historical feelings, historical images, everything else. And now really the big thing, what we're trying to do and what we're aiming to do, and we're, we're pretty confident and we are confident that, we're pretty confident that. Uh, <laughs> the confidence <laughs> is very pretty. It's, it's yes, it's exactly. Cool. It's got nice names, the right places, the right colors, exactly. the but we're modernizing uh, the the way people can actually use the SharePoint is a big deal. It has its, it's there's millions of people who are using SharePoint in cloud or in on premises. Now we want to modernize the UI. We want the developers to be able to take advantage on the modern ways of doing that. JavaScript is no doubt the 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 way how people are working. It has a massive opportunity for developers, massive opportunity for customers and enterprises as well, getting access on, hey, nice UIs, it's working fluently and all of them. Yeah. So I guess my question, somewhat related to, you know, AJ talking about Office and stuff, and we talked to the Office folks add about... guys, okay. Yeah, they're add-ins. But it sounds like that, you know, they are at least loosely tied together. So, I mean, what, what are the capabilities of the APIs that you're providing, you know, because we're, we're not dealing with now Word documents and, yeah. you know, PowerPoint presentations and things like that, we're, we're talking about maybe moving files around or creating tasks or... Well, yeah, so SharePoint has a... It provides different kind of lists and functionalities uh, uh -huh. for the underlying service. So you can uh, track tasks, you can track any items. So SharePoint list is essentially oversimplifying things. It's a dynamic relational database table. So you can actually decide what is your business object which you're storing within a SharePoint list. Mm -hmm. Our APIs are essentially... The API surface in SharePoint is massive from a REST API, remote API right. perspective. 
uh, you're able to modify uh, those create lists, data objects, individual attributes on the, those data objects, which would be items in a list, create different kind of lists, different functionalities, put your web parts on a page, modify the pages, modify the branding experience, uh, and all of that. So, And the SharePoint lists are pretty programmable themselves. So on yes. the back end, you can connect them with webhooks and or also integrate them into workflow, workflow products. So, you know, on the front end, you're sort of connecting to a list, you're updating them through REST APIs. On the back end, you can you know, tie into those list item changes and do a lot of things as well. True. Yeah. So if you think about, let's say, Office Client, you are, well, they're kind of expanding all the time. They're adding button uh, mm -hmm. options here and there. And the, and the panel option on right, you can do something maybe on the context of a document. So with SharePoint, it's slightly different story because it, the SharePoint customization comes from an approach where uh, we used to do massive, let's say, we modified the whole UI of SharePoint in on-premises um, by deploying completely new assemblies on servers and all of that in on-premises. And mm -hmm. when we went to the cloud, we cannot allow you to do that because then you compromise the service. Right. Um, and now we're kind of adapting then an alternative way of modifying those experiences, the whole UI. There's, but it's not limited like within Office mm -hmm. Client. Oh, right. On the on other hand, Office Client is more specific. Yeah. If you have a mm -hmm. Word, you're actually writing something. If you have right. an Excel, it's a specific yeah. thing. It's SharePoint it's is kind of a it's, it's set of Lego blocks, and then yeah. you can build whatever you want on top of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, in an Office, the scenario is you're building custom tools to you know maybe have something inside of you know Word or Excel sort of work in a different way or tailored to you know the accounting or something that you're trying to do. Yeah. Whereas with SharePoint, it's Hey, you know, I need to get this dashboard in front of people. So SharePoint is kind of this conveyance almost. Mm -hmm. It's just this way for, you know, folks who are using it to compose these experiences and then get it out. So it's more about, you know, you're 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 presenting tools to the public through SharePoint rather than just building tools for the sake of making right. SharePoint better. Yeah. Uh, so to speak. So, so so you have a set of managed data and then you have a set of managed views on the data. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, yeah, that's one way of thinking that as well. Uh, absolutely. So it it sounds like SharePoint, from the API perspective, is a layer of scopes and authorization on data and teams. Right. So That's you're taking pretty much arbitrary buckets of data and saying, this data type is a list type or is a grid type or is a graph type or is a something type yeah. or a word type or an Excel type and yep. funneling it through scope of users, applications permissions. Yeah. 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 I mean, a good way of putting that. Yeah. I without mean, the Microsoft wording and, and all of that. So uh, maybe I'll, I'll try this. Basically, you can think of SharePoint You're the marketing as, guy. You, you think, need to explain. Well, this. you can think of SharePoint as just a hierarchy <laughs> of sites, right? Like I've got my marketing department yeah. and then, you know, I've got my, you know, uh, Northwest district department and then I've got, you know, maybe the sort of the Washington district, you know, and so you've got this hierarchy of sites and you can sort of hook into each level in that hierarchy. And then for each level, you have this concept called lists. And the, like, as this mentioned, they're you know, simplified, simplified kind of database tables. And there's one variant of lists called a library, which basically just has all those Word documents, Excel files, and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff within it. So if you want, you can then also manipulate those Word files, those Excel files, and the metadata around them as well in addition. So hierarchy of sites, you know, lists and libraries at every level that you can hook into. And then each level of sites also has its own set of pages that you can extend with parts. Okay, so it's not quite as generic as the way I was describing it, but similar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So. Okay, it is, now that you're actually asking that question, it, it is a really hard product to explain without actually having any previous knowledge about the shape. Right. That's, that's a fair point. 
because it's such a it's an open canvas essentially. Yeah, uh, you can do whatever you want with it. So, uh, but it has certain limitations as well. So. It's a business intelligence database <laughs> for designing UI to improve. <laughs> Performance 10x at planet scale. Yeah, it can be that as well. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think you left a few buzzwords out of that, AJ. <laughs> well, I I couldn't say both uh, world scale and planet scale, so I had to pick one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So, we like to think of it as planet scale, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so are there, are there any good tutorials out there for this? I mean, I think you mentioned what dev.office.com. Yeah, dev.office.com slash SharePoint uh -huh. is our essential source for all of the develop, development documentation. How to get started, step-by-step uh, -step guidance on what do I need to install on my machine, Mac, Windows, doesn't matter. Videos, how to get started on things, and all of that is available. Tutorials, samples, the whole yeah. game. So, yeah, and we've got, yeah. as I mentioned, like a 10 to 20 minute walkthrough of just, yeah. you know, you can go run it today and don't need anything exotic. Yep. Yep. And that location links to YouTube channel where we have videos mm -hmm. showing the same stuff again. Up to you, how do you want to learn the stuff? Nice. And the framework is on GitHub? The SharePoint framework is not currently open source. So okay. we're looking into opening first bits and pieces on the, on the SharePoint framework, so fully open source, like the rest of the organizations in Microsoft. Everybody is looking into how to do that. And sooner or later, it most likely will happen, but we need to get some standard basic crowns out, and then we'll start rolling out the open source pieces on, as well. We know that we need to open source Yeoman templates. That's pretty obvious. We need to open source other stuff as well. But on github.com slash SharePoint, there is yes. a number of SharePoint framework samples across Absolutely. a number of different JavaScript frameworks. You know, also our documentation is open source, but uh, there's a ton of samples on github.com slash SharePoint. Oh, very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have any other questions, AJ? Not related to this topic. <laughs> All right. Well, we will hold those until after we're done then. We have one last segment of the show that we do, and that's picks. Have you ever felt like you're falling behind or that the programming world is moving so fast that it's impossible to keep up? Then there's the issue of where to go to make sure you're up to date. The answer is to join a community dedicated to discussing the latest in JavaScript. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if you got JavaScript Jabber all day? Well, you can, kind of. We've created a Slack community for JavaScript Jabber. That means that you can connect with our listeners and guests on a platform you're most likely already using. Plus, we've set up a Keeping Current channel that pulls stories from across the web to help you know what people are talking about. And coming soon, we'll be holding monthly webinars and roundtable video chats to connect with experts in the community and with each other. So come join us at javascriptjabber.com slash Slack. I'll, I'll jump in with a few picks. So. Um, when I come to these shows, I'm going to pick some things that I've used, I've picked on the show before and some things I haven't. But when I come to these shows, I like to follow up with people, right? So um, the, the people that we've talked to during the, the episodes, I mean, I don't always have contact information for. Depends on if I get a business card. But like I went around and, and talked to a whole bunch of people out there on the, the, the show floor, both from Microsoft and from some of the vendors that are out there. And I use a tool called BlueTick to follow up. Now it's in beta, so if you go to bluetick.io and you're thinking, oh, this looks great, I want to try it, you sign up for a free trial, you get on a Skype call with Mike, who's the guy that's building it, and then he kind of walks you through it in about a half hour. Mike's a friend of mine, so that's kind of how I got into it, but um, it is terrific. And so it's really simple. You create sequences. The sequences have emails in them. It hooks into Zapier for a lot of the automation at this point. Like if I send an email to one of these gentlemen and I said, hey, let's hop on a call and talk about SharePoint, you know, then I have like three or four follow-up emails, right, in my sequence. 
But if you went in and actually signed up for a, a spot to talk to me on schedule once, then it kicks you out of the sequence so you don't get the reminders, which is something that I've been looking for a CRM that does that. And surprisingly, I hadn't been able to find one. Yeah. So just that, stuff like that, it's, it's really cool. So uh, I, I really, really like that. Another one, I used Moo.com for my uh, business cards. And yes, I know you listeners can't see my business cards, but I had them in my pocket. Anyway, they're Space Invaders oh. business cards. And anyway, so it kind of fun design. It was something I needed quick. So, yeah, you I've know. Used, I've used Moo.com. Yeah, it's really cool. So I'm going to pick uh, Moo.com as well. And nice. I need one of these, Chuck. I know, right? Oh, I, I, see, like I, see, I see a line coming down from an alien, which gives my little, uh, my little Space Invader shooter a little stress there. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So anyway, it's, you know, it's just fun stuff. And then the, the last thing that I have, in, and this is more just general advice for conferences and shows like this, is, you know, take the time to go talk to people. It's funny because I, I talk to a lot of people and they're like, yeah, I went to the conference and I, you know, I went to all the sessions and I learned a bunch of stuff, but I didn't really meet anybody. And I'm, you know, you're missing out if you're not doing that. A lot of the conferences, you can go watch the sessions afterward. So, I mean, unless there's something that's really pressing that you want to go and talk to the speaker afterward where it's, you know, I'm really struggling with this piece and I need help with it or the app I'm working on has whatever you're talking about and is broken, you know, I tend to encourage people to go talk to people. And it's just been really great to go and meet some of these folks and see what's going on. And there's a whole lot of interesting stuff out there. I mean, I see the big banner for artificial intelligence from where I'm sitting. Yep. And you don't think artificial intelligence and Microsoft, but at the same time, I mean, there are people over there who are experts in it, who, you know, know all about the Microsoft tooling for it, uh, the tooling in the cloud, the tooling that you can pull into your other stuff, building Skype bots and Slack bots and all the other cool stuff. And, you know, the, the deep data science and data learning. And, you know, so, so go out there and actually talk about it if it's even remotely interesting to you. It doesn't have to be something that your boss has told you, you know, mandated, hey, you know, we need more of this. Go find out about it. Yeah, do that stuff, too. But, yeah, go see what else is out there, because these are kind of the opportunities that we have to really understand where the industry is going and what is what is going on out there. And, you know, I, I realize that there are some things that we haven't really talked about on the show that I think are of interest to people that will benefit them in years to come. So sure. we'll be talking about those, too. But. You just don't see those unless you go out there and actually meet people. Quick comment actually on that one, but I would just follow up on that one. Absolutely agree on that. And then even though you would be a kind of a JavaScript guy or you're a client side guy, go and do something crazy. Go to a completely different session, mm -hmm. which is not uh, what you've been doing at all, because then suddenly you will, it will open up uh, new ideas. And it's like, oh, that's an interesting thing. What if I would yeah. actually do? And that's how you get really innovative ideas when you're cross-mixing the kind of a topics and all of right. that. Right. And like you said, all of the, the built recordings are live in less than 24 hours uh, yep. from when it actually happened. The value is on the fact that we're sitting on boards. We're available uh -huh. for help. It's the engineering from all of these individual organizations. And if we can't solve that, we'll probably give you a business card and we'll follow up. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, great advice. Yeah, well, and that's the thing that I tell people too about conferences is, if especially if you travel to one, I mean, go do the things that you can't do at home, right? So that includes going and seeing the sites. I've been to Seattle a couple of times, so, 
Yeah, I wasn't like, oh, I got to go see the Space Needle again. But, <laughs> Tell you know, me about it. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it's, yeah, you know, I mean, when, when are we going to be in the same place again? I mean, yeah. who knows, right? And then, even then, you know, have the opportunity to talk like this. So definitely, you know, get out there and just, yeah, find those opportunities. You know, go hack on something crazy in your hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. Really love it. AJ, your picks? Yeah, I do. Okay. So I'm going to pick the movie The Circle. And I really can't say anything about it other than that it may not be what you expect. And I was thought provoked during the movie. I don't know that it's gotten particularly positive reviews, but I don't really care. I, I think it was a good movie all the same. I'm also <laughs> going to pick, uh, let's see, I don't know whether to call this spontaneity or happiness or if there's a difference between the two, but I was walking down the street at the beginning of this week and there was a woman about a full block ahead of me and there's a uh, sprinkler that takes care of the grass on the sidewalk and uh it was broken and so it was just like spouting up into the air and so i'm i'm a block maybe a block and a half behind her and she gets up to it and she stops she looks at it the one way she looks at it the other way puts her hands on her hips and stands there for about i'd say a full minute maybe before she finally decides to just run through <laughs> <laughs> and it just made me so happy and and i i pretty much had caught up to her by the time she finally ran through and so then i ran through too because i was like yeah and so she hears hears me running behind her and looks back and i i just said you inspired me <laughs> <laughs> so i it just I, I love it when you realize that your whole life you're still 12 and and you get gray hair and wrinkles I hear and see. I don't know. Too, well, I got a little bit of gray hair and a little bit of wrinkles. But anyway, but uh, we just we're always twelve, and and if you just approach life with just fun and love, then it'll make there. There's some quote, something to the effect of like, as you let the the light that you have inside of you shine out, it gives other people to let their light shine as well kind of thing so that whatever that sense of it is i'm trying to get at i picked that and, and along the same lines i was at a community yard sale and i love the book all oh, the places you'll go by dr seuss mm -hmm. and so there was this little book that said on the front cover today is your day your mountain is waiting so get on your way and I'm pretty sure that's a quote from, and it, and it had Dr. Seuss on it. I'm pretty sure that's a quote from, oh, the places you'll go. And so I open it up and it's actually a journal, but only the last entry is in it. Everything else has been ripped out. And uh, so I read it and it was just really interesting to me, you know, some random person I don't know that's obviously grown up in the area where I'm living, or I guess actually that's not obvious. I don't know where they grew up, but anyway... There's some there's some commonalities in, in culture because we we obviously both live in the same place since the thing showed up at this community yard sale, but just how much like a 20 year old woman that's that's writing in it and and just like how much her thoughts about like some of her life experience and struggles that she was going through and realizations that she was having like reflect my own. So somebody that I don't know that's completely different than me, but it's like we're the same people on the inside. Like if 
if we met each other, who knows whether or not we'd be friends, but we actually have really similar beliefs and really similar struggles and really similar stories. Uh, just, you know, just from that one, like four page entry that she had in there. And I just thought that was like really cool. And I wish that we could all see each other. The, the expression I use is naked, but you know, without the front, without the, without the, what my political view is and, and what my thing that I have to assert. And, you know, if we just were our weak, insecure, just selves, how wonderful that would be to realize how the same we are. So I pick that. <laughs> you both have set such a high bar for picks. I don't know how we can. I want to cry now. Close. <laughs> wow. I guess uh, one of the things I have is, uh, well, I have an Oculus Rift or whatever. And so one game that's really great for it is something called Super Hot VR. So the, basically it's this game where it's kind of like the Matrix. It's a little bit more abstract, so it's not like realistic graphics. But mm -hmm. the idea is that time only advances if you're moving. And so you'll see someone come up to you and they'll try to like hit you in the head with a bottle, but you can kind of see them coming. And if you stop, you can just sort of think and strategize and think, okay, well, what am I going to do? And so then it becomes almost a puzzle where you're like, okay, so hit the person with the bottle. He's also got a gun, grab the gun, take it, and then sort of direct it somewhere else. And so you're doing these kind of complex, like sort of moves, really? like matrix style. But the cool thing about it, I almost get this, because time doesn't advance if you're completely still and you can, you can look around, of course, but like I almost get this sort of, it's not deja vu, but this sensation out of it after you're playing it where like you kind of have a little bit of that expectation that if you don't move, things will just kind of stop around you. You kind of get a, a, a vague hint of that, which is which is really kind of cool. But uh, anyway, that's it's a pretty awesome experience on, on the Oculus Rift, I guess. Cool. I know Kung Fu. I, what, what you're talking about with the... I, I've noticed that as games that are more immersive, when yeah. you walk away from the game, your brain still wants yeah yeah I, I would love the ability to stop time and just sort of look look around strategize and then sort of then start moving a little slowly oh the bullet's coming oh great one well, like, thankfully nobody's shooting at me now so that's good yeah. <laughs> i i have started to have those experiences with the, the switch because it's a handheld console that's motion responsive yeah and so i will be moving it and then when i walk away from it i have that kind of deja vu experience like Oh, here's a mountain. I want to climb it. Because the only game for the Switch is Breath of the Wild right now. Yeah, yeah. Zelda game. So it's, it's like... And the pictures are real enough. And it's I'm holding it close enough to my face that I... I don't know. Something about that connection. I get that deja vu stuff, too. Cool. Cool. I need to test that. Absolutely. So uh, I'm getting on back on the on the soft uh, discussions. Um, that's, that was great uh, in of the speech uh, on the other side of the table. But I would say that my pick is actually family. Um, mm -hmm. After being again uh, one week away, uh, so Mike started smiling. <laughs> Boy, you guys but, are completely gonna blow me out of the water. All right, go ahead, go ahead. But now again, being one week away from home, I I travel here. I'm actually located in Finland. I'm one of the weird guys uh, working in engin Raytheon engineering, but I'm remotely away uh -huh. due to various reasons. Uh, we're not gonna move over. Um, again, one week here, uh, having family there. It actually is pretty tough every now and then. So and. Good example is, is some of our GPMs are right now on the parental leave. Yeah. Um, and one of the rules what we always tell for people, family first. The work will wait. It will come. It's not about being super successful unless you have people you can actually appreciate that. And not, not just partying like we do in some level on these kind of conferences as well. 
no honey, we don't actually party at all. Concentrating on work, uh -huh. right, guys? Um, That's right. But, <laughs> 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 but really, the, the the value of the family is huge, and and being grateful for the family as well. Uh, yeah. And remember, remembering, giving them time, even though IT business is growing faster and faster, and it's really hard to keep up. I'm personally struggling with my work-life balance. I think everybody is in this business uh, heavily. Man. Well, yeah. one quote I really like is, no success outside the home will make up for a lack of success inside the home. Absolutely. That's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and finally, I mean, this is our final, ep or our final episode here at Build. I was talking to, I made a contact with somebody who uh, works with uh, Visual Studio Team Services before I came out. And so I was like, hey, you know, I'd like to meet you while I'm here. And so I talked to her right before I came over here. And she just mentioned that a lot of the folks out here that work for Microsoft, I mean, they've been prepping for this for weeks yep. to be out there and be experts and things like that. And, you know, just make sure that everything lines up, all the demos work and everything else. And so I just want to kind of wrap this up by just pointing out that this isn't just a, hey, rah-rah, Microsoft event. I mean, it really is a lot of work by a lot of people to make sure that people get what they need. And so I just basically want to generally thank people like you that are on the Microsoft staff for all the work that you all put in and uh, giving us the opportunity to sit here and yak with you for a few minutes about SharePoint and how to do the development or, you know, life. Yeah. Well, you know, but the other things too, you know, you're sharing expertise and, and yeah. Sorry. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's just cool to see that, you know what, this is what people do, but it's also what people love and they're willing to put that work in to help yeah. other folks out. So. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Thanks All for right. having us as well. Yep. Well, we'll wrap this one up and uh, we'll be back to our normal, not so live next week. Sounds good. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.